0: Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet the day before Thanksgiving. Today is Wednesday, November the 24th. And today we're gonna talk about why we gather and uh, I'm gonna answer a few of your questions. Stick around, I think you're gonna be encouraged. Well, I can't believe it, you guys, but tomorrow is Thanksgiving. I hope that you are taking some time for your families right now. I hope that you're making plans to gather together. Oh, my goodness, gathering never been more important than it is right now. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit shorter than normal, and tomorrow's also as I am getting ready to go into a family, a little bit of family vacation mode. And I really hope you guys are doing the same thing where you are and just really taking the opportunity to spend time with the people that you love. And it doesn't have to be just your family, right? It can be anyone who you have seen could use a place to go. Uh, For the last two years, the COVID-19 pandemic has changed the way we gather, well, Actually, who are we kidding? It hasn't changed the way I gather at all. (laughs) I'm doing the same thing I've always done. Uh, Last year, we had, I think, pretty darn close to 100 people in our home for Thanksgiving. A lot of them just needed some encouragement. And that's why we gather. Hebrews 10, 25 instructs us uh, that we are not to give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And uh, we're to encourage gathering even more as we see the day approaching. Well, what is the day? Of course, the day being the return of the Lord Jesus and God's mandate is clear. Believers are not to give up meeting together. And uh, I just want to encourage you to continue to meet together, to continue to encourage each other, uh, as we have done for generations in this country, to remember why it's so important that we get together and not to forsake getting together and not to forsake really just rejoicing in what God is continuing to do. Because no matter what happens in our nation or around the world, at the end of the day, our hope is in Jesus. And we know that that's where we're gonna be, right? We're going home to be with the Lord. I know a lot of you have been uh, following my run for Congress and I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna take the opportunity to thank you because it is, after all, the day before Thanksgiving, to just say thank you to those of you who have really helped keep our family and this ministry afloat during what has been a very challenging couple of years now. And uh, I can't believe it. I was telling my husband the other day, I said, we are going on, what are we coming up on now? you know, 20 months of two weeks to flatten the curve. And even though this has been a challenging time, it has also been an extraordinary time. You know, this is the year as I look back on it and we're gonna be talking a little bit more about this as we enter now into, officially into the holiday season. Uh, I am so very thankful for many of you. I'm gonna start reading your cards and letters. If you haven't been listening to me and my little ads uh, here at the podcast, this is the time when I really love to get your cards and letters here. You can send them to me, Heidi St. John, care of Firmly Planted Family, 11100, Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. And I'm going to be reading uh, some of those stories and letters uh, online to you via the podcast because I think it's a time for us to look back at what God has done and really say thank you. We have so much to be thankful for. And I believe, and I've been saying this for a long time, I'm going to continue to say it. You know, we want so much of us uh, want to see revival in this country. We want to see restoration. Will that restoration that we so desperately need will not come apart from repentance. It starts with repentance. What does repentance look like? And to remember to model that for our children. So uh, I just wanted to encourage you that, that way and just to remind you that I believe that God is still at work and we have a lot to be thankful for. Tomorrow, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna read the history of Thanksgiving. It'll be an opportunity for you guys to gather your kids around you and listen to the story of Thanksgiving and uh, the schools aren't teaching it anymore. Certainly I don't really even hear it being talked about very much in our churches, which I think is a cry and shame. Uh, but I'm going to be talking about the history of Thanksgiving tomorrow. So make sure you get your kids and gather around. Uh, it'll be a, an awesome opportunity for us to encourage each other and to remember why we have Thanksgiving in the first place and why I keep telling you guys, you know, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. I say we don't talk about anything, but, uh, politics and religion, (laughs) because the country was founded because of politics and religion. Also, I told you, uh, I'm going to be linking back to some of my favorite books for Christmas time and for Thanksgiving. These are all things you guys can find in the show notes. Our family has been very involved for decades now. Uh, in teaching people the importance of family and why it's so important that we not forsake the gathering, and why it's so important that we that we continue to teach our children the truth about Thanksgiving and the truth about Christmas. Christmas is not about Santa Claus. Thanksgiving is not about you know um, the Michelin uh, the Michelin Marshmallow Man, right? It is about what God has done. Thanksgiving is about what God has done for our family uh, and for our country. And Christmas, of course, is about the birth of Christ. And speaking of that, my daughter and son-in-law have written the November study, which is all about Advent. We're calling it Hope Is Here and really focusing our eyes more on the Advent season and remembering why Christmas is so important. You see this, it's commercialized now. There is no end to the commercialization of Christmas. I'm watching every single year the uh The move away. The department store is not even calling it Christmas anymore. We're calling it the holidays and we're saying winter festivals and all this stuff. But really, this season is about the Lord Jesus. It is about Christmas. It is about Christ coming to earth as a little baby, ultimately to pay the sacrifice for our sin. It's about how much God loves us. And I want us to remember that uh, as we enter into this really precious time of year. So this is a great time for you guys to join us at MomStrong International. You can can go there By just uh, clicking on the link in the show notes today, or you can just visit momstronginternational.com. I wanted to read to you guys an email that came from a constituent here in the uh, congressional district that I am running to represent. And I'm not gonna give her name, but I just, uh, I read this email to my husband the other day and it just moved us both to tears and I know you guys will be encouraged and we sure need it right now. So uh, I'm gonna read this to you as just kind of a precursor to Thanksgiving. I hope it encourages you. Hello, Heidi. I had the pleasure of meeting you several years back at a church in Boring, Oregon during a gathering called Mom to Mom. Since then, I've read your book, Becoming Mom Strong* and listened to a number of your podcasts. I'm thankful for and have been encouraged by your ability to speak the truth with boldness and passion. I believe the Lord is using your voice for His glory for such a time as this, and I pray He will continue to do so. My main reason in writing for you today is to share with you something the Lord has put on my heart to share in hopes that it will be of an encouragement. After listening to your recent podcast and finding out you're running for Congress, I felt a stirring in my heart to, quote, get off the bench and do my part. While seeking the Lord and asking him for what that part was, it was made very clear to me that I could at the very least offer to help financially. I discussed this with my husband, hoping we'd be on the same page as far as a dollar amount to give. We came to an agreement and decided that whatever shift I worked for the week where I made the most money, that was what we would donate. I am a full-time mama of two, but I also work part-time as a waitress. Before the week began, I prayed and asked the Lord to show up and bless me with at least one great money-making night. During my first shift, I met and served two guys named Randy and Cliff, both of whom were very kind and friendly. Long story short, Cliff ended up leaving me a very generous tip on his $40 check. Apparently, he noticed my hard work and made a comment that he and his wife have made it their goal to bless those who work hard, especially during this time of COVID. I was blown away and so thankful because I knew this was the very answer to my prayer. I made great money that night and reasoned that money would be very likely what I would be giving to your campaign. As the week went on, I wondered if God would allow me to make even more than I had made that Monday night. He knew that my ideal number was a little bit higher than what I'd actually made. I did not pray about it any further, probably because I convinced myself that I needed to be grateful with what the Lord had already provided, but nonetheless still hoped he would allow me to make more. During my fourth and last shift of the week, and to my surprise, I saw that Randy and Cliff were back. Interestingly enough, they were seated in my section once again at the very same table. After we began talking, I shared with them how blessed I was by their generous tip and felt comfortable enough to tell them about the conversation my husband and I had at the start of the week. After they inquired about who the person was that I was desiring to help, I told them, it's for a girl who's running for Congress. Her name is Heidi St. John. Their interest immediately peaked. They asked more questions and then asked if I could bring them their check. It was another $40 check, to which they left an even more generous tip than they had previously left. After sharing a little bit about my faith, shedding some tears, and giving each of them a hug, I thanked them yet again for their generosity. They were both touched by my story and convinced that the Lord had worked a miracle. He certainly did, Heidi. Never before in almost six years of working at this restaurant had I ever had a guest leave me the kind of tip they left that night, nor have I ever made better money. The next morning I told my husband what the Lord had done, to which he agreed that this certainly was God's divine intervention and his timing was perfect. I cannot even begin to describe what it was like to see the Lord move in power that week, Heidi, but I can say with full assurance that every penny that I made that Thursday night belongs to you. The Lord heard my prayer and was faithful to answer it. To God be the glory. As for now, I am still smiling at the thought of God's goodness thanking him for so faithfully showing up and praying that he will continue to provide you with all the strength, courage, and endurance you need to pursue his leading. May you be encouraged to know and believe in faith that he is working and moving in power on your behalf. God bless your family. So obviously, I mean, I I cried like a little girl when I read that to my husband. He was crying. I'm having a hard time not crying now reading it to you guys here at the podcast. But what I want you to hear is that even in the midst of all of this? And I know a lot of you are struggling financially right now. I know a lot of you have lost your jobs. I know that inflation is skyrocketing. I know that our uh, gas prices are going up. I certainly know I just paid twice for my turkey what I paid for it last year. But I think that the Lord is waking up His children, and He's using this time to strengthen and encourage us. And that was certainly what my friend uh, James Taylor was saying on the last couple of days here at the podcast. Was that God? is at work and he's using this time to strengthen us, to get us off the bench and onto the battlefield. And these stories of sacrifice and the way that you guys have come alongside and have been encouraging me in my run for Congress, I I can't even put it into words how that's encouraging my husband and myself and our family and all the people that are volunteering to, uh, to get me into Congress. It's just an amazing thing. And I don't know what the Lord has planned, but I know he's asked us to run our race And that's what we're gonna do. So I just wanted to encourage you. Okay, guys, a lot of us are talking about Christmas gifts Early this year, and you know that I am totally committed to helping you support companies that are standing for freedom, right? Well, at the top of my list is, you guessed it, my pillow. You've all helped build my pillow into an amazing company, and now I'm partnering with them just in time for Christmas. Mike Lindell has an amazing offer for listeners of the Heidi St. John podcast on his standard My Pillows. You will receive a standard MyPillow regularly priced at $69.98 for only $19.98. You will also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products such as MyPillow towels, the mattress topper, my slippers, and so much more. You can get up to 66% off your order. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square to receive Mike's standard MyPillow for just $19.98 or call one 800 447 0541 and use promo code Heidi. MyPillow is made in the USA, comes with a 10 year warranty, so you know it's going to last, and a 60 day money back guarantee, so you got nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want, but we need. Go to mypillow.com or call 1 800 447 0541 and use promo code Heidi, that's H E I D I, to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his standard MyPillow. That's MyPillow.com, promo code Heidi, or call 1-800-447-0541. Also, we've been getting lots of letters from you getting off the bench. Uh, I heard from a... a wife who is trying to help her husband, who is a major in the Marine Corps, served honorably for 17 years and now is potentially facing court-martial should his request for religious accommodation be denied. I'm gonna actually link back to an article that she wrote in the show notes today because we need to be, aware of what our other brothers and sisters in Christ are going through, and we need to be standing together. In the very least, we can stand together in prayer. And also, I think we can reach out, just like this mom has done for me in my run for Congress, and give what we can financially. The Lord is gonna meet us in this time. I just know it. And we're gonna have, like we said yesterday, stories for our children and our grandchildren. And uh, I just, I want to encourage you. Next question comes from Shannon in Watuga. I think that's how you say it, Shannon. I'm not actually sure. She said, please tell me what part of the Constitution the vaccine mandate is violating. Well, I don't really even know where to begin on this one because I think this is gonna go down as the most significant attempt. What the Biden administration is doing is probably gonna go down as the most significant attempt Uh, To expand the power of the presidency in modern history. So let me take you guys back to September 9th when Biden issued a bunch of sweeping vaccine mandates, which we have estimated could affect as many as 100 million people. So under the new rules, employees working at healthcare centers uh, receiving Medicaid or Medicare funding, which is the vast majority of healthcare centers in the United States, are going to be required to get vaccinated or submit a weekly test showing they have not contracted the RONA. Some federal employees, as well as employees working for federal contractors, will also be subject to the rule. And of course this is this is continuing to go forward businesses that fail to impose the new rules are fined $14,000 per violation by OSHA this was stopped obviously by the 5th circuit court the other day but we know that they're going to attempt to go around it so this is something we really should be we really should be praying for I believe uh that the Biden administration is wildly out of line on this. For example, at one point during his speech, uh, he was speaking directly to tens of millions of Americans who've chosen not to get vaccinated. And he said, and I quote, we've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin and your refusal has cost all of us. What a creep of a human being this guy is. So uh, the Hill said, let's put aside questions about whether people ought to choose to get vaccinated, right, because that's not the point or even whether businesses have the authority to demand that their employees get vaccinated. These are important questions, but the real question is, does the president have the power to demand that employees and private companies be subjected to a vaccine mandate? And on that question, I believe that Biden has violated both the spirit and the explicit language of the constitution. If the president is permitted to run roughshod over our constitutional liberties in such a reckless manner. Do you guys really think that future presidents aren't gonna do the same thing or go even farther, right? Give these guys an inch and they're gonna take a mile. That's exactly what's gonna happen. And when he was confronted with questions about the constitutionality of the mandate, his defenders insisted that he had the authority to issue a national vaccine mandate under a vaguely written Occupational Safety and Health Act of 1970, which was created to improve safety conditions in the workplace. But a federal statute cannot be interpreted to warrant an unconstitutional law since the constitution is the supreme law of the federal government, which everyone seems to have forgotten recently. So unless a legal scholar can cite a provision in the constitution that gives the president authority to mandate vaccines, or even to simply regulate public health, The OSHA Act of 1970 cannot be used to justify his mandate, and so no such constitutional provision exists. I've heard of uh, other people. My friend Rick Green has been on the show talking with me about this case in 1905, Jacobson v. Massachusetts. A lot of people are using that as proof that the president has authority to issue a vaccine requirement. Now, it's true that the Supreme Court in Jacobson ruled that the vaccine mandates can be imposed by a local government so long as that government is not acting in violation of state law. And it's also true that the Massachusetts law cited in the case was even more intrusive than the policies now being pushed by the Biden administration, but the argument falls spectacularly on its face for one very important reason. In Jacobson, The Supreme Court determined that a local vaccine mandate is permissible under the Constitution because the states have maintained their police powers and authority to regulate public health under the 10th Amendment, which guarantees, quote, the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it uh, it to the states are reserved to the states respectively, or to the people. But the decision in Jacobson does not include language indicating that the national government has the same authority. The case has nothing to do with federal vaccine mandates like the one that the tyrannical president of the United States has now imposed on the people. So nothing in the constitution suggests that the executive branch can impose blanket vaccine regulations on private businesses or their employees, which is why, ADF has taken up this case in conjunction with the Homeschool Legals Association, uh, Legal Defense Association, uh, the Daily Wire, uh, the American Family Association, and many others. So the only question that really remains is whether or not the Supreme Court is gonna strike down the mandate. And if the court refuses to get involved, the public's gonna suffer for generations as one presidential administration after another erodes our hard-won liberties. This is the true uh, the true thing that we are Uh, facing right now. And a lot of people are gonna say, well, the vaccine mandates are not unconstitutional and it's okay and they can do whatever they want. And man, we are on a slippery, slippery slope right now. So I'm gonna encourage you guys to do your homework. Look and see uh, what the Alliance Defending Freedom is. So you can Google the ADF uh, and their lawsuit against the Biden administration for his wildly uh, unconstitutional overreach. This is government overreach, you guys. It's what I keep saying here at the show. It is an example of the federal government wildly outside of its jurisdiction. The federal government's job is not to protect your health. And frankly, they need to be out of the healthcare business. The courts need to get out of the marriage business. Marriage is an ecclesiastical issue, always been in the jurisdiction of the church and not the government. And anytime the government gets out of its jurisdiction, out of its lane, tyranny is the result. All right, you guys, that's all I've got time for today. I'm gonna to come back tomorrow and I am going to give you guys a little bit of a peek into the Thanksgiving story. I hope you guys will bring your families back and I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving Eve. Get out there, get some turkey, get some hot chocolate, deck the halls, you guys. I am decking my halls early this year, I'm not gonna lie. My Christmas tree is going on long. All right, have a great day, everybody, and I will see you back here tomorrow for a Thanksgiving edition of Off the Bench with Heidi St. John.